This podcast is a discussion of Christian devotionals and self-help books, and is intended for entertainment purposes only. The ideas discussed on this podcast are adult-themed and come with a blanket trigger warning. The intent of this podcast is not to attack any person who uses or gifts the materials under discussion, nor is it intended as a critique of the author. Rather, it is the ideas and messages we feel are being expressed in the materials that are being reviewed and examined with expletives. Hi folks, welcome back to Goddamn Devotionals. I'm JR. And this is JP, and in advance, I apologize, folks. Yep, welcome back to another short. <laughs> Today, we're continuing the fourth chapter of Lisa Bevere's Adamant. I can't stand these books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, uh, chapter four, titled Adamant in Love. And this seems to be a short treatise on the concept of what love means. Again, we broke it down into the introduction, connection section, clarification section, application section, and the ending prayer section. <laughs> Do we want to get our complaints out of the way up front? I feel like we should at least establish what yeah. the... Let's give the, the listener... We should take pity on you guys and explain. <laughs> clue you in on what we're dealing with here. (laughs) So, if you've been listening to these shorts for this particular book and you've been going, I don't even understand what they're talking about, welcome to the party. Yep. You're you're actually reading these books and I... We we both have been in church our entire lives. We have read tons of books growing up. I went through a religion major from from one school. I spent a couple of years at a small Christian college. We have been through all kinds of devotionals, small groups, cell groups, learning studies in our churches, elective courses. You know. We were homeschooled, so it was a prerequisite for every single yeah. subject was mm-hmm. some sort of Bible study. Yeah, upper-level learning. We've done, done so much of this stuff that we've been through these different types of things, and every time I've picked up a beer book, whether it's this author or her husband, they make me want to pull my hair out. They are so... It's just Christianese gobbledygook. There's no substance uh-huh. to it. I've taken like 10-page chapters and I've tried to condense them into a couple of paragraphs. And this is the best I can do. And it makes no sense to me. If, and if it makes no sense to you, that's because it, it seems to be a whole lot of like Sunday school platitudes, short Christianese quips specific individual Christian-ish preferences yeah. of the author just kind of all jammed together in this book and which we're trying to make sense out of and trying to actually find a point, but there really isn't one and it just kind of pukes all over the pages. That's a good way of putting it because it's so shallow. Uh, puke is a good image for it and actually an apt metaphor as opposed to the spray and pray method she uses yes, for all like the metaphors. it's like she's puked up stuff and you're trying to separate the chunks from the liquid and it yeah. just doesn't work. So like, you know, the first week we were dealing with a rock with a hole in it. The next week it's it's a spirit but that's broken but there are so many other images and so many other explanations and then it veers off away from whatever the introduction is that well, we can get into talking about what today's is getting into adamant and love so that we can kind of point this out is a regular recurring problem every single chapter with this book right so like the introduction of this particular chapter as a story 
where Lisa tells about she and her husband John getting engaged, and he gives her a ring, she gives him a ring. There's um, a whole bunch of detail about ring flaunting and fanning and, oh my god, I have a diamond on! The main point is that once those rings went on, Lisa and John owned one another. Yeah. See, right there, like I go, two people get engaged, honestly, I think that's nice that they both exchange rings. It's not just one person giving the other person a ring, a, a mutual giving, that's 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 nice. That's And then immediately you go, oh yeah, so we show them off, we show them off a little bit, and you immediately backtrack from something a bit more contemporary to ownership. We know yes, he doesn't just own her, but she ages. owns him right yeah. back. At the dark like, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so in the connection section, she immediately switches from speaking about love as ownership to talking about God rescuing us from himself because, you know, he's the one who put sin and judgment and death and whatever into the world. But he gave regardless. us choice, essentially. You know. Sure, yeah, yeah. free will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that him rescuing us, that's true love. Um, that explanation of true love is backed up by a whole bunch of adverbs that she uses from the dictionary. It just, She just attempts to define love as a whole list of adverbs. And I think the main point that she tries to go after is love gives without expectation of return. See, but this or at is... least God's love does, and that's what we're supposed to emulate? I don't know. And this is the problem with this, is you give an, uh, you, you give an introductory, uh, you know, something to lead into your topic, adamant, adamant in love, you know, adamant being the, the term of the book, so, you know, steadfast, consistent, a rock, or whatever, but now you've got adamant in love, you have an image of two people forming one relationship and mutual ownership. But then you step immediately into talking about God and God's love, and the inference would be that then, well, if we enter into a relationship with God, God owns us, but also that but we own really Him even back. Talked about there. Yeah, it, it's more well, God rescues us and saves us, and isn't that great? That means He loves us. Yeah, they always just sort of track off, like mm-hmm. they forgot what they were originally writing about at the beginning right. of the chapter. This is our frustration with yeah. these books, and this book in particular. I mean, even moving on to the clarification section, it now switches to a completely different point, which is God makes you worthy of love because you're not innately worthy in and of yourself. Which is stupid, because why would a <laughs> God who's all-loving create you unworthy of his own love? Yeah. It just seems silly. It, it seems very unloving to begin with. Exactly. And he goes on to say, like, if you're part of the church, then you're part of the bride of God, and therefore you get the love, because if you aren't part of the church, then you miss out on the love? Well, that's that's honestly consistent with this author and, and her husband. They have a very elitist Christianity because perspective. Yeah. They very often point out that if you are in the in club and you're doing it right, you get primo good stuff. And if you are not in the club, we're going to basically neg you. We're going to put you down. You are not worthy of love unless you join the group unless you get into the social club and then you begin climbing otherwise you're dirt right yeah 
So God makes you worthy of love, but you're only going to get that love if you are part of the church, meaning that you're the bride of Christ. So does that tie back to the ownership issue? Like Mm -hmm. God owns you or God only loves you if he owns you through a marriage metaphor. That's stretched. That's really stretched. (laughs) (laughs) Also, there's a point thrown in here about how Satan hates us just as much as God loves us. And apparently he's at war with us, but war can't win against the love of God. In which case, why would Satan be fighting a war he can't win? I mean, just... These books, (sighs) yeah. Whatever. They're trying to... Again... We're trying to shoehorn as many Christian ease-like things on this page. We've eaten the carrots, we've eaten the peas, we've eaten the corn, and we've puked them back up on the page, and we're trying to sort them all out now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, folks. There's a lot of puking in this this episode. So then we go on to the application section where we're reminded that we cannot maintain a spotless life. Only God can do it for us. That way, we can be worthy of him through him. Also, our behavior doesn't determine how lovable we are, and that's because love isn't a feeling. It's a choice that you make. So I think God is choosing to love us, and he's unchangeable because he's a rock. Yeah, trying to like tie it back therefore, into earlier points. And I going, know. Oh, man. Therefore, his choice doesn't change, and he's always going to love us. And do we have to be that rock to choose to love to well, never I mean, change? Could to... be trying to yeah reinforce an earlier point with you're broken, you know uh, you you need a God shaped something which is God to fill the God shaped <laughs> hole in you, like all of that stuff, all of the different labored metaphors she's tried up to now to try and get to this point where you go you're saying that we're we're unworthy of love because of sin and. Only God can make whatever she again it sounds like Sunday school lessons, but made convoluted and complicated as opposed to taking something like the New Testament, the parables, the storytelling method of teaching complex ideas in simple forms so that people can understand them and digest them. This is not it. <laughs> Which is why we're list- reading this stuff <laughs> yeah. so that you guys don't have to. <laughs> All right, shall we pray and close this out? Please, God, pray. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. Make us worthy. Prayer is that there will be no obstacles preventing God from controlling you or loving you. So no no hesitation on your part. Just get back to that love and obedience from the previous chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, Just get in line and lockstep. (laughs) Yes, uh, there will be nothing preventing you from worshiping God while he controls you. Mm. So not just love and obey, but do with a smile on your face. Well, and it, it completely skips over, like, the concept of ownership again. I go, why, well, I mean, why bring it he up? he can control you, I guess he owns you? Yeah, but it, again, it doesn't tie in very well with the opening you know, story, because you don't own God right back. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Going, This is not a relationship. This is not a marriage. Number one, I think that... Starting out a marriage or a relationship with a concept of ownership is a really shitty place to start a romantic relationship Mm -hmm. anyway. But if that's how God is supposed to love us, then fuck 
that. Well, yeah, because I mean, it, it's, it's about controlling it's, and ownership. Then screw that. I don't like that relationship. There's no love. Like I've the, been the, in the, that the point, at least, that she was sort of kind of making about like to love is not a feeling; it's a choice. And I go, that's six of one half to the other in some respects. But at least the idea of you can't have love without choice. If someone doesn't have any choice in the relationship, there really isn't love there. Can't if you don't have the choice to love someone or walk away, you are in this relationship for good. It's not really love, especially if they're making you stay in that relationship. Yeah. If you don't have, if this relationship is going forward regardless of whether you want to be in it or not. Then, or how you participate or in it. Or how you participate in it. If one person then, controls the other person completely, it's not a relationship. Which is really weird. Yeah. Why then, if this is the type of message that's put out, why do you then turn around and try and insist that this is a relationship? Because it's no relationship that I, anyone who is healthy would ever want. But sadly, this is a relationship that is constantly marketed to Christians over and over again as normal, right, and healthy. And they wonder why people don't want to convert to their particular brand of Christianity. Well, it's not even necessarily that, just that, that people would want something different, that people would decide, hey, you know what, this doesn't work for me because it's leading me into potentially abusive relationships because it's constantly, and this is a running theme in, in some of the books by these, these authors, is that they do constantly people into a concept of relationships being a dominance where one party in the relationship has control, authority, or dominance over the other person. It's not healthy. Yeah. 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 This is our frustration, folks. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to close it out. Absolutely. If you wish to share some frustrations, send it to a different inbox because <laughs> right. we've got our own. And we don't need yours. We promise to try and be funny next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, our contact info. If you'd like to contact us with any questions, comments, suggestions, will be in the show notes. And on that note, uh, see ya. Bye.